0: Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions.
1: Hi, this is Paige in Sunnyvale, California. I'm calling about Zoom Video Communications, ZM. Back in July, Justin said he wouldn't buy it till it was 50% of its price. So I'm curious now, Justin, if you would be buying Zoom or if there's New information out since then that would make you think it needs to go even lower.
0: And provides unbiased answers.
2: All right, great question. And yeah, I guess uh, Zoom is down about 50% since I I last spoke about it, but I still wouldn't buy it.
0: Invest Talk, over 36 million downloads and counting across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888 Ninety-nine chart
3: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President, KPP Financial. Independent Thinking, Shared Success. And now today's podcast.
2: Good afternoon, fellow investors and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday December sixteenth, twenty twenty-one edition of Invest Talk, and this uh, this year is rapidly coming to a close. Just uh, less than a dozen days left, trading days left in the year, and uh, there's a lot of volatility. Today was, I think, a, a sign of the continued rotation. I've been saying this for a while now, and maybe a day like today is uh, is, is best to. Highlight it as just that rotation. Rotation away from high multiple growth stocks into value stocks. Always good. Head over to Morningstar. It's free right there on the, on the front page. Large cap growth down 2.2% today. Large cap value up 1.08% today. An over 3% difference in the performance in the growth side of the market. Versus the value side, and that's why you saw. And and the fact that the indexes, the indices, however you want to say it, are weighted towards growth. That's why they were down so much today. S and P down a little less than one percent. Maybe that's more balanced. But the Nasdaq very growth heavy, down almost two and a half percent today. So this is a market that is going to be different. It is different. This is not your market from the past six, seven, eight, ten 10 years since the Fed has been easing. The Fed is tightening. Now, they're going to be careful, but still, elevated inflation is likely going to mean a Fed that is somewhat less accommodative. Now, they're not going to, I think, I think they're still going to err on the dovish side. They're still going to err on the side of caution when it comes to tightening policy. They they indicated that yesterday. That, yes, they were going to accelerate their tapering. Yes, they're thinking about raising rates. But that could all change is basically what they said. These plans are not set in stone. So they will be flexible. And if you see a major, major market disruption, then... They may change their course, but so far, I think they're happy with the results. They're getting a lot of froth off of sectors that everybody's hyped about and ignoring valuation. And the bread and butter of the economy still remains relatively strong. You see that with the performance today. And... As we go into next year, you need to understand these shifts. Understand where the opportunities and the risks lie. And that's what we are here to help you with. And so on this podcast, I'm going to operate with my mission statement, which is always independent thinking and shared success to help guide you. And understanding different asset classes, different risks, different rewards, and context to your particular situation. And that's why we love your calls, because we like to know everyone's situation in a little more detail. So whether I'm talking about a particular market, an asset class, strategy, a sector, whatever it is, I am here to present it here, present it to you without bias, just give you the facts as I see them, And my perspective, and this is my perspective, I've seen multiple types of markets. There are a lot of listeners, and I would say the vast majority of new listeners over the past year, who probably haven't seen many markets. All they've seen is a market where tech goes up. I almost guarantee you, 90% of you were not around 2000 investing in markets. I was, I was young. But I was there, I saw the tech wreck, so I know how these things work, and I know how bad it can get. So I'm Justin Klein. I encourage you to reach out to me with your finance and investment questions, and you get to shape the show when you call in and interact with me, with me during our live stream program, four to five Pacific time, or by leaving a message on our Invest Talk Voice Bank. Either way, the number never changes. It's still eight 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 ninety nine chart. Let's get right to our first listener question now.
1: Hello, guys. This is Peter calling from Massachusetts. I would like to ask you about company Regis Corporation, symbol RGS. Is this a good time to buy since the price went down so much? Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.
2: All right. Looking at Regis, and this is owns, franchise, and operates beauty salons throughout the United States. It's the name we used to own for clients. Uh, we have sold it. Uh, because uh, it, was a, it was supposed to be a reopening play. That they were supposed to do so much better when people could operate their hair salons again. Well, that hasn't really come to fruition in a great way. Uh, a lot of hairdressers left the business. And the problem here is that it is burdened by a good amount of debt. Good amount of debt on its balance sheet. So uh, that's the real issue. $110 million market cap. But they have about one hundred and. 55 million in debt, net debt. And that's the issue. When your cash flow can't recover, uh, this is looking more and more like a bankruptcy candidate. uh, And, you know, especially with the chart, just continuing to grind lower. Remember, anything below $5 per share, that is a worry. It's a worry that what is the market telling you? The signal that you are headed for, this company is headed for bankruptcy. Oftentimes it is. Remember, bankruptcy, you pretty much lose it all. So I would not be buying Regis, no. Now my focus point today is based on the story behind this headline. So SEC wants stronger insider trading rules as executive stock sales hit records. The SEC is considering stricter regulations to ensure CEOs aren't buying and selling shares when informed by non-public information. So that's uh, that's what I'm going to get to today. Also, I want to go over Ark Funds, the Ark Fund, Ark Innovation ETF, and there's some incredible lessons that you all should take. I'm sure uh, probably is a handful at you that it got burned from this uh, this ETF and and Kathy Woods' uh, grandiose visions of the world. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna t- give you some numbers on how many people got burned, and it's a lot more than you would think. And the the, the returns that investors got isn't as high as uh, maybe what is touted on, uh, some reports also ESG. What will ESG investing look like maybe five years from now? We're going to look at that story as well. But let's take a look at the market today. You had the Russell 2000. That one was sorry. Typed that in wrong. That was down 42 points, about 2% there. Like I said earlier, NASDAQ, uh, oh, up, uh, down over, uh, to about two and a half percent. So NASDAQ was the worst of the bunch. The broad indices, the broadest, NYSE, that was actually up. That's what's crazy. Remember, the mark it, it's a market of stocks. And a lot of people think that the S&P or the NASDAQ encompasses the entire market. No, it doesn't. It's a slice of the market. And today was actually a relatively bullish day. For a lot of the market, about 50% of stocks were up. And the fact that most of the major indices were down just shows you how concentrated they are in these growth names. That's why I think it's going to be very difficult to get great returns from these uh, these major indexes over the next few years because they're so concentrated in names that are just overvalued and due for mean reversion correction. And that's what you're seeing right now. Now we're going into a quick break and I'm here ready to answer your questions. So give me a call. You can call InvestTalk at 888-99-CHART.
0: The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. Question about PE ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance.
2: If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year.
0: No question is too simple. I wanted to ask about Teledoc. And each question is an important part of the podcast. My wife has a roller over 401k from a previous employer i was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor raw steve and justin are fearless
2: that's fairly inexpensive for this kind of explosive growth the problem here is that you're picking a leveraged etf
0: tell your friends and family members about invest talk you've been instrumental in my understanding how this market works don't forget to call invest talk 888-99-CHART Down the days, first Christmas and then New Year's. You may have completed your gift shopping, but you might still have unanswered finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are on duty and ready to provide their unbiased answers. Call Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart.
1: Hi, this is Paige in Sunnyvale, California. I'm calling about Zoom Video Communications, ZM. Back in July, Justin said he wouldn't buy it until it was 50% of its price. On that day that Justin said that, it was $355, and today it's half of that. At one, half of that would be 177 So I'm curious now, Justin, if you would be buying Zoom or if there's new information out since then that would make you think it needs to go even lower. Contrasting that view, uh, Steve said in December that he would, have bought it then, so you guys have different views on it. But I love Zoom. I think it's a great product, and I think it's here to stay. I just don't know what the right stock price is to start getting in. Thanks for your advice. Appreciate it very much.
2: All right, great question. And yeah, I guess uh, Zoom is down about fifty percent since I, I last spoke about it. But I still wouldn't buy it, and and mainly because. If you look at the business prospects, they continue to decelerate. Since last time, we saw earnings come out. Revenues only up 35%, earnings up 12%. That's a drastic fall from its peak growth in the first quarter of this year, a a revenue growth of 369% year over year, and earnings up 713% year over year. That was in the first quarter. So you can see the drastic deceleration, and that's why you're getting this Re-rating much, much lower, much, much lower. It's already down sixty percent from its fifty-two week high. I think it needs to go down probably another thirty to forty percent before I'm interested in this name. Now, it's definitely at a level where, okay, it's in the realm of reasonable valuation, but it's definitely not undervalued yet. Um, and you know, Steve and I have different opinions, but I also I don't love this business. Now, now Zoom. It's fantastic. Great. Great technology. But guess what? We don't use Zoom. We use uh, GoToMeeting. Why do we use GoToMeeting? Because it integrates with our, our VoIP system. We have our VoIP system and GoToMeeting. It all is together. It's one subscription. It works just as well as Zoom. It's perfectly fine. It's great. It integrates with a lot of pieces of software. And it works fine for us. There's no reason to have a separate subscription for Zoom. And guess what? Video conferencing is not a special thing. We had video conferencing before. Yes, Zoom was maybe better at it. But just like most businesses, when one particular company starts to make a lot of money, think of Netflix. Think of all the companies coming at Netflix. And they're all eating away at Netflix's share. And Zoom, I think, is the same way. And they're even worse because... They don't have an integrated platform already. The story about Zoom was always that they would get to where GoToMeeting is, is take those video conference subscribers and turn them into VoIP customers. And that's the whole story that they touted over the last year, and that has not come to fruition. And so it's still a $54 billion market cap, still trading at, what are we? 20, almost 30 times enterprise value to EBITDA. And this needs to get to at least sub 20 on that measure. And that's another 30 to 40% lower than it is today. So no, I still am not. And the chart is telling me nothing that this is going to turn around anytime soon. It's very bearish and it's in the heart of this, the growth stocks that are underperforming dramatically. So I think this, Another 30% down, you're talking 120. Then you're getting into somewhat reasonable. Right now, it's oh, you could squint maybe, and maybe it's reasonable. So be patient on Zoom. Here's to Invest. stock. I'm Justin Klein. And for investors, needs need to remain vigilant never ends. And that's why we're here to help you with your portfolio and investment questions. So I'm ready. Taking your calls live at 888 99 Chart.
3: Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm calling to ask you an opinion on an ETF called XLI. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. 888 99 Chart.
0: No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. The best way to get answers that correspond with your situation is for you to submit your questions to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The 24-hour listener line never closes, so don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART.
2: Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this headline. The SEC wants stronger insider trading rules as executive stock sales hit records. And this is just another indication that the SEC is getting tougher on malfeasance, on bad actors within the financial community. Now, This is a proposal from the SEC chairman, Gary Gensler, and he said on Wednesday that he's worried that existing rules, formerly known as Exchange Act Rule 10B5-1, doesn't go far enough. And what this would do is it would create a 120-day cooling-off period for company officers and directors for any new or changed portfolio management plans, meaning once they put a plan in place, they, they can't touch it. And same with uh, if the company buys back its own stock, there would be a 30-day period then. Now, this amendment would also bar overlapping plans and restrict single trade plans to once every 12 months. So basically, you can't shift your strategy all the time so that you you put a plan in place, and if Things change in three months or six months. Uh-uh. You can't go and make a make a make a change to that strategy. You put it in place over the next 12 months. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to sell. Blah, 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 blah. So executives can't pick and choose, okay, this plan's going well. Oh no, I don't like that plan. I'm gonna I'm gonna resubmit a new plan. And that's kind of the, the rule now. They can kind of change it ad hoc. It also force executives to certify that their proposed portfolio changes were were made without possession of material non-public information. Now, this is the part where I go, "How can you do that? You're talking about executives of the company. They're always going to have material non-public information. So, how do you certify that you're?" you're You're telling them that they're just going to filter out everything they know about their company in order to develop this plan that's supposed to be unbiased is what they're kind of trying to do. I don't think that's very realistic. But I do like the plan in place. When you set it in place, you have to keep going. And you can not adjust it because guess what? You have material non-public information. So very interesting, just showing you that the the shenanigans. I think the SEC has allowed so many executives and just Wall Street in general to to get away with. I mean, look at Elon's 420 buyout tweet. I mean, that should have been uh, he has been barred for a long time for being CEO, the chairman, etc. It was so egregious that it should have been punished more. Everybody in the industry was shocked at how little uh, punishment there was. And just shows you kind of the, the stance that the SEC has had for uh, many, many years. Uh, just one example I, mean, I could list dozens. Uh, that's just the most ho- high profile, but it's showing you that this new administration is definitely being tougher on the malfeasance within Wash within uh, Wall Street to some degree, at least the SEC is. Now let's swing back to the Best Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from Florida.
0: Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Noah in Orlando. Had a question and wanted to get your take on Valvoline, Inc. Ticker symbol is VVV. Um, looks pretty attractive around these levels. Um, my only concern is the amount of debt that they have. Would like to get your guys' take on it. Thanks. Uh, enjoy listening to your show on the podcast.
2: All right, looking at Valvoline. Yes, this is Valvoline, the uh, oil company or or engine oil company. And what a lot of people don't realize is that there are a lot of Valvoline oil change centers uh, all around the country, quick lube chains, and those do very, very well. Now, product sales account for nearly 65% of sales last year. And the balance were those retail quick lube units. And I believe they're spinning them off here. Uh, But I will say this. I do think it is. I think it's about value, fair value. No, I like that it's non cyclical as we're entering into a year where uh, I think cyclical stocks are going to get, be less attractive. Their business is pretty stable and consistent. They've, Basically, have increased earnings every single year over the last eight, uh, except for two thousand. What was that? Seventeen was a little bit of dip in earnings, but overall, it's been continuing higher. Even during the pandemic, they made more money. People driving less. They still, they still did well. Um, so the chart looks strong. Like I said, it's about fairly valued. Uh, and it pays a nice 1.4% dividend. I like that they're separating the businesses. I think that's good. Uh, so I'm going to give it overall a thumbs up. I'm not enthusiastic about the value, but I do think uh, it's a good company heading into uh, an economy and a market where this, this type of company will be, I think, uh, look more favorable, favored on. Now, in the next Invest Talk, the story behind this headline: the CEO of European car builder Stellantis is warning that the EV cost burden is beyond the limits for automakers. Steve will take you through the twists and turns of that story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 99 sharp. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. Hacker One seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So. Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at hackerone.com. That's H A C K E R O N E.com. HackerOne.com. New Year's Eve will be here
0: soon. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are ready to answer your finance and investment questions. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Mike from Hayward. I had a question about AFC Gamma, AFCG. I wanted to get your take on this stock. It looks good. It's a newer stock. I really like the space it's in. It has a good dividend that looks like they can afford to keep paying. It is, it is a REIT. So there's tax implications of that, but I like what I see. So just wanted to get your opinion on uh, what you think of this stock, AFCG. Look forward to hearing it. Thank you.
2: This is an interesting one. This is a commercial real estate finance company. So it is a REIT, structured as a REIT. And what they do is they originate, originate, structure, underwrite and manage senior secured loans and other types of loans for established cannabis industry operators in states that have legalized medicinal or adult use cannabis. So they're basically a high yield debt issuer. Basically, what they are. These cannabis companies, because it's not federally legal, have poor access to capital, meaning the capital that they can access is very expensive. And this is a recent IPO. And I think the reason they went IPO is because there's a limited number of ways to gain access to the cannabis space in the marketplace legally. And they are seeing the writing on the wall. What's interesting recently, recent news in Washington, is that there's actually been Republicans that are getting on board with legalizing or decriminalizing, let's say that, uh, decriminalizing cannabis nationally and allowing for banking within the cannabis industry. That's the big thing. And if that ever does happen, which I do think there's a good chance, a much better chance than we ever have had, in 2022 to get that to happen. And what that means is these cannabis companies will suddenly have a lot higher, a lot more access to capital loans. And a company like this, I think is going to struggle to find the opportunities in that environment. Now, if it continues to be, uh, an environment where they cannot, uh, these cannabis companies can, cannot use banking institutions. Then AFC Gam is going to do well, but I think they see the writing on the wall. That's why they went public, tried to capture a lot of that opportunity now. And if you look based on their revenues, ten million last uh, quarter, they made forty-four cents a share, and they're growing. So let's make two dollars and seventy-six cents a share next year. Uh, but I don't like the chart even though there's not a lot of history here. But it is near its 52-week low. And really, since the Republicans got on board, now it doesn't look like it's it's going to be going through uh, with this new Build Back Better plan, but Republicans are now on board. It's just a matter of the details, I think. And those are likely to be ironed out in 2022. So I just think there's too much risk here. Uh, not a fan of it. I would definitely pass on AFC Gamma. Now, when people take the time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes, we like to thank them for the courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. So here is one from an iTunes reviewer. Name Game says, What can you tell us about the ticker symbol L-U-M-N? Buy, hold, or sell? Well, this is a name that we do own for client, Lumen Technologies. And this is a previously CenturyLink. And they changed their name, and they changed the management. And we really like the management change. Uh, they're basically allowing low margin or negative margin businesses to kind of roll off. So if you look at their revenue trends, they've been dropping about 3 to 5% per quarter year over year uh, for the past couple of years. But their earnings are going up. For example, last quarter, revenue is down 5%. Earnings up. Forty percent year over year. They're selling off certain uh, assets, they're paying down debt. Uh they just have a a plan, a turnaround plan. And we really like that plan. And it yields eight point one percent. So uh we're fans of Lumen up nicely today, about thirty-seven cents, about three what's that, about three and a half percent on a rough day. So we really like it and they give Lumen a thumbs up. No clue says, I recently started listening and I am hooked. I listen to every podcast. 11.5% of my portfolio is small cap growth and 9% is mid cap growth. Thinking about splitting each in half and putting into small cap value and mid cap value respectively. I've missed the rotation to value boat or or have I missed the rotation to value boat or is this a good strategy? I plan to retire in three years and my risk level is changing from moderate aggressive to moderate well. Yes, you should definitely be rotating the majority, vast majority of your growth positions into the value side of the market, and you've seen that today. For example, so even uh, at the top of the show, I talked about the large cap growth versus large cap value. But even today, mid cap val- sorry mid cap growth down two point four eight percent, mid cap growth or sorry mid cap value uh, up 031 percent. So nearly a 3% difference there. Small cap growth down 2.88%. Small cap value down, but only 0.67%. So a little over 2% difference uh, in performance there. And this is not a one-off. It's not a coincidence. This is in an environment where the Fed is tightening policy. So I would definitely continue to rotate from growth to value. Uh, this will be persistent. It's not going to be a one-day thing. Now I have one. Uh, uh, let's go to sh- let's talk with Shane. He also uh, left an iTunes review from Utah. He said I love how detailed and in depth you go. I had questions on Lemonade trying to diversify, and I found this. I don't have any other insurance stocks, and not sure if you're if they're a good idea. I was thinking for a long-term hold. Just wondering your thoughts. Once again, Lemonade is a high-flying. Growth stock that is down dramatically, down 77% from its 52-week high. $43 stock now, $2.6 billion market cap, and they lose money. They're losing money hand over fist, We're supposed to lose more money this year than they did last year. They lose more money every single year. This is not people stop buying the story stocks that lose money. If you if you pull up their numbers and their earnings are negative in this environment. Their earnings are negative in this environment. There's a very good chance this is not a good investment. Corporate profits are near records. (coughs) Near records. And if your company can't earn a profit in this environment, you have a problem. You have a major problem. So, are insurance companies good? I'm definitely less bullish on them than I had been for most of the year, mainly because interest rates aren't really taking off. And Lemonade is one of those story stocks. Yes, it's supposed to be "quote unquote" disrupting the insurance industry, but make sure this is this is big. Any company that you see or is touted as disruptive, you need to make sure that they aren't that they are actually disruptive. That they're doing something truly different. Not that they just are taking the same old model and putting it online. It's basically what Lemonade's doing. That they're not just throwing the word AI in what they do, and suddenly it's this great company. Because it's AI. There's a lot of companies that tout they have AI. A lot of times they license the AI from other companies, or it's just machine learning, or they're using big data. It's not really AI. So make sure you understand the companies you're investing in. And don't get duped by the term disruption. Understand their business and the fact that their business is actually going to continue to grow and they're going to hit profitability. Hopefully, they're already at profitability by now. Let's go to Ramiro in California looking at another high-flying growth stock, Lucid.
1: Hi. um, Yeah, so... I was looking at uh, LCID Lucid Group, okay. and um, I see that I see that it's right now at forty dollars mm-hmm. um, from its all-time high at around sixty-four. I was looking mm-hmm. at possibly getting in if it gets around the thirty or twenty-nine dollar range, but I wanted to see what your guys' evaluation is on it.
2: Uh, my valuation is probably ninety percent lower than it is today. This is a sixty-six billion dollar market cap stock. Remember. Stop focusing on EV companies, the the, the these big, shiny names and, and exciting companies. These are not the companies that are going to do well in this environment. Look at what happened today to these type of names. They're getting destroyed. The car business is not a good business. I don't care if it's an electric car or an internal combustion engine car. It's still a car with four wheels, with with, with five seats. With a trunk. It needs to be powered by something. It takes you from point A to point B. There's a lot of options. It's competitive business. And it's a crappy business. Go look at the history of GM and Ford. Even the good ones. Toyota and Honda. It's a difficult business. It's highly capital intensive. It's highly cyclical. They're not good businesses. Right now, these recent IPOs in the EV space, especially. These are drastically overvalued by a multiple of 10 by for most of them. Look at real businesses that produce cash flow, that produce earnings, that pay a dividend. That have real products that are shown that they can sell at a profit. If you aren't waking up in this environment, you are gonna get your head handed to you. This is for all my listeners. You have to wake up. This is not the 2020, 2021 market environment anymore. That is over. The tech bubble 2.0, the EV space uh, crypto trade, it is over, people. Understand that. Because if you don't understand it, you are going to get destroyed. And if that's all you're thinking about, you're in big trouble. If you can't go buy a utility company or a packaged food company or an industrial company or an oil company, if you can't do your research and find those type of businesses, you're going to be in trouble. Because these high multiple tech stocks, they're getting re-rated lower. And they get re rated lower fast. And we are in the denial phase of the cycle. The peak is peak euphoria is months ago. All of these investors that just started investing during the COVID shutdown, they had nothing else to do and they think it was easy. They're starting to learn and they're going to continue to learn. That making money in the markets is not easy. And valuations eventually matter. Look what's happening with AMC and GameStop right now. AMC is down 66% from its 52-week high. GameStop's down 70% from its 52-week high. And there's still... Nowhere close to where they even should be trading. This is important. This is real money. There are real lessons to be learned here. I learned these lessons over 20 plus years. I need you to learn these lessons. Now, you probably heard us mention that we have Talk listeners across the country and around the world. So let's demonstrate that now with a question that came in earlier from Canada.
1: Hey, Steve and Justine. This is Steve from Ontario, Canada. I would like to discuss a ticker symbol BYD, Boy Yellow David. The name is Boyard Gaming Corporation. It has a good sideways past couple of quarters, but uh, looks very promising on every other parameters that you have been teaching us for past several months. I've been liking this one and like to take some positions. Uh, but before that, uh, I want to take your opinion and what do you think? Uh, I'll listen to your answer on the podcast. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Bye.
2: All right. Thank you for the call. Looking at Boyd Gaming, BYD is the symbol. And this is a regional gamer, operates 28 casinos uh, across across the country, mainly in Nevada, it looks like. And their earnings at record high in 2021, 2022, I think it had a lot to do with people not having a lot else to do. You know, a lot of other uh, leisure things were, were kind of shut down. Uh, and so casinos were, were open. I know they lost money in 2020, but that's kind of a wash. No big deal there. No dividend uh but my issue here is cyclical Uh, i think a lot of the money a lot of those people that were going in there and gambling uh getting money from government extended unemployment benefits and nothing else to do they would go and gamble and lose it (laughs) like normal um and so the chart is looking negative closing below the 50 week moving average so i'm gonna pass on void running to our last break so give me a call at 888-99-CHART
0: The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So, how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk-alized quiz. Let's
2: go to Edgar in San Diego looking at New York, New York Community Bank Corp. You owner or looking to buy it?
1: No, hi Justin. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, no, I haven't bought it yet, but I'm looking at that one, and there's another one. Uh, I believe it is uh, Community Bank of Pittsburgh, NWBI. And I want your opinion on uh, financials for next couple of years. Of course, you know these two banks are having a relatively good dividend.
2: Okay, well, uh, let's take a look at both of them now. Northwestern Bank Corp. Yeah, it looks like it's at a Pennsylvania five point eight percent dividend last quarter. Though revenue down eleven percent and earnings down sixteen percent. Uh, so that's that's what worries me. A lot of that's base effects, right? Where uh, third quarter of last year was was good for these companies as yield the yield curve was widening out, and you're starting to see that's reversed. The yield curve has started to flatten. Uh, and I think that's what's making some of these banks uh, struggle. And so you have to be very picky. I'm, uh, I've been saying for uh, most of the year that banks I like, uh, I'm starting to not like banks uh, nearly as much. So, you know, neither of these I'm getting too excited about. If I'm picking one, this is these are difficult. Neither of these I'm in love with. Um, and I think the main reason is because you're looking at the dividends. That's that's low on my priority list when I'm looking at these banks. Uh, The charts for both of them look eh. Uh, Definitely New York City is weaker than uh, Northwest Bancorp. But the valuation and the performance of the the, the Pittsburgh one, NWBI, uh, I think is a little bit better. Um, So longer term, I rather own um, NWBI. Let me pull that up here. Just trying to get compare these uh, these numbers here yeah i like i like nwbi the northwest bank shares a bit better uh both technically and fundamentally um so i'm going to give that one uh the, the lead but i am not a fan of either uh, neither gets me too excited let's just say that when it comes to their overall fundamentals thanks for the call now in follow-up to my uh my little rant about uh, tech shares and people chasing the high-flying innovation stocks. Let's talk about ARK's Innovation ETF. And they've been in a downward spiral over the past, uh, really, since since, uh, all year. And 2020 had great performance. But the big question is, did investors actually get the same type of performance? Remember that, yes, a fund can go up a certain amount, but fund investor returns – if you weight it by dollar invested averages, meaning when, how much money was invested in an ETF at certain times that often differs from its reported total returns because per usual investors chase when performance does really well, there's a reversion to the mean factor that usually happens. And so the investors often buy when it's really high and they sell when it's really low. Now, this is not uncommon for most ETFs and funds. In fact, over the last 10 years, investor actual earned returns were 1.7% less per year compared to total returns because of bad purchases. This is for all funds. But for ARC over the last five years, the funds' annualized 41% return was dramatically lower, 15 percentage points lower when you weighted it by. Funds in and out. Now, ARK's estimated 9.9% investor return over the past five years lagged its benchmark by 8%. Dramatically underperformed. And over the past 12 months, shareholders suffered a 12% dollar-weighted average loss, which is three times as much as the actual fund's 4.3% loss over that span. So what are the takeaways here? Well, first is don't chase returns. Triple-digit returns typically don't repeat, and there's a mean reversion effect that happens. Typically, people are buying at the top. Usually, the funds that done or asset are asked to do the worst during the year, that typically is the better place to put your money for the next year. And then risk matters. It's almost impossible to continue to have high levels of return without associated risk. So don't. Chase returns, simple as that. And ARC is a perfect example of that. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads now at 36.98 million. So we should cross the 27 million mark tomorrow sometime. And we appreciate all of you. So get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And be sure to rate and review. And if you leave a review and a question, we will prioritize your answer.